Welcome to episode 89 of the Movie City Maniacs. On tonight's episode, our Alfred Hitchcock director's spotlight continues with Rope from 1948. Welcome, everyone, to the Movie City Maniacs. I'm Kyle. I'm Maddie. I guess I'm Adam. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, yes, we're continuing our Alfred Hitchcock. In honor of the, uh, the uh, what, what would you call it, the gimmick of rope in like one shot, we're not going to edit this at all. Yeah, there's no editing. one fell adjustment period. That would be beautiful. I would right? love that. I mean, I'm sure the listeners would hate it because it would be like a lot of breaks um, and nine uh, cents. And... A bunch of like your racist tirades, which we can't really uh, have anymore. I'd say you usually do the uh, more offensive jokes. I, I do the impressions that are probably not. Uh, I see, I see. That I some see. people may be offended by, but they're all. I don't mean to be offensive. I'm just doing an impression. And actually, well, uh, <laughs> it's been a nice episode, uh, like five or six episode run being a uh, co-host. Yeah, I think exactly. I'm out of here. <laughs> you get thrown under the bus. I actually heard this like terrible thing. It has completely off topic. But what do you? Get? Are you going to go into a racist? No, joke? No, 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 Jesus, no, 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 and goat DNA, you get kicked out of the petting zoo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, thank you, gross. thank you. Well then, uh, that's uh, a nice tie into. Uh, oh, okay. I should have said, said like a cat and mouse get, joke right there. A nice tie into uh, our Alfred Hitchcock. So yes, uh, we're continuing our Alfred Hitchcock series. Uh, we've already talked about Spellbound and Notorious. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, we're going to talk about Rope today from 1948, and then we're going to finish off with some rear window. But yeah, anything you guys want to talk about before we jump into what we've been watching or? Yeah, I, I, I watched a couple of things. What'd you watch, buddy? So I, I, I'm back, I'm on the Hitchcock. In the Hitchcock train. So I watched uh, Saboteur from 1942, oh. um, which I, I hadn't I hadn't watched, I, I think I'd maybe only watched the one time. And well, I, I do agree that it's not, Top tier Hitchcock. So I recently had watched this for the first time, um, maybe or just before Shocktober, actually. So I guess it was a while ago. But <laughs> I was on a bit of a Hitchcock run before we decided to do these episodes. So I had watched a bunch before leading up to this, I guess. But and I, I, I kind of wanted to really see because I know, I know you, you didn't really enjoy this, no. and and I still really enjoyed it. I think it's a, a little long and. Robert Cummings, who plays the lead, isn't like fantastic, or no, you know, he's, he's, but he's also not bad. Like he's he's not he's uh, just kind of he's just not un, he's very unengaging. Like he's very bland and boring. Like which for a lead, that's a pretty big problem. <laughs> and then I just felt like 
it's very similar to a bunch of films that I had just watched, like okay. Thirty Nine Steps and and whatnot. Is Sabotage just a remake of Saboteur? Or are they completely different? No, they're movies? different. Yeah, yeah. So I, I felt like they we couldn't had... come up with two different names. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like plot wise, you're right. Like they're both, but but it's, it's lesser in every way. And I also feel like this one, and you always get this in Hitchcock films. You have to accept that ridiculous situations are going to happen it's kind of you know there's there's some dumb plotting but like this one i i just felt it throughout it's almost like he didn't have a way to to make sense of uh, a certain plot issue so he would just like wrap it up like oh how about the the he comes into the house of blind guy and the blind guy just automatically trusts and believes this guy and sends his daughter off oh the the circus train of people. yeah I, lo- oh, I love the circus the, scene. oh wait well it's just uh you know what he looks like an honest face let's just risk uh going to jail risk getting in trouble and we'll uh, protect him from the cops like there's a lot of plot but i love all all of those just... all of those lines and all of those setups are super entertaining to me mm. still and the final like payoff when you're talking about the statue of liberty i was like ah maybe that won't hold up maybe that isn't that's an amazing scene like mm. also shot like the montage of this spoiler this coat is ripping and i'll go back it's the lead he's trying to stop this basically nazis from I, I, well there's like a there's a big uh they they blow up like in the in the air yeah, they they take information from uh, they blow up this th- thing from the air force or the factory uh, the factory force, plant. Factory, yeah. yeah, and he gets blamed for the his friend dies in the the bombing and which th- is a, an amazing scene. Like I, I, I one of the agree. best best intro, like the smoke coming in of the this, and I was like, wait a second, I do. Uh, yeah, yeah, this I, I awesome. was excited. It was a, it was a fun way to open up the film. And it's like he's going to get blamed for the murder, and he has to go on the run and prove like it's your kind of standard Hitchcock. Film. I mean, I feel like out of the the handful that I've seen of Hitchcock, I've seen this plot like three or four times already now. But that that's fine. I mean, you know, you're going to go on a fun adventure. And but the problem is, I just felt like everything in this film I thought was better. Even the finale with the uh, Statue of Liberty, I think, is done much better in North by Northwest with the sta- the with um, the Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore. So I just felt like everything in this I felt like was a lesser version. It's like, well, why would I? want to watch this when I can watch these six other films that are so similar but have way more engaging leads are are just way better in every way and and again I just felt that the plot contrivances in, in this one were just like too much again you have to accept that with Hitchcock but this one it was like I think it happened like three times where for no reason these people were just like, yeah, you know what? Let's just take in this criminal and risk going to jail just because. I still think for me, like all the side characters, like even the guy that's driving the truck is like a classic Hitchcock character, the, this yeah. comic relief that, that comes in. And by, by no means do I think it's as, it's it's not North by Northwest, mm. it's not 39 Steps, uh, but it, I still really enjoyed it. I Like I'm going to give it seven. Okay. Uh, that's still a high score for... For me, it still has all these great set pieces, and the dialogue is, is I, I thought, fantastic hmm. throughout most of it. And I know he had a few different scriptwriters that came in and punched it up. Um, I didn't even like the set piece where he's in the room, and he has to escape, and he's th- they're throwing the chairs and everything. It just felt, like, poorly done for Hitchcock. I don't know. If it, it, there was a lot of scenes. This almost felt like, like a... A second-rate director that's coming in trying to do a Hitchcock film, but like doing everything a little bit less. I don't. I don't agree with that. Like, I I don't think it's as inspired as some of the other movies, but I do feel like you're still getting what you want at Hitchcock. Like everything is still set up and edited. You can tell it's been storyboarded out 
perfectly. So you're getting so all these know. tense I, scenes. I didn't get that though. And that chair scene I thought was just kind of a mess the way it was like put together and yeah, I don't know. Agree the, the, to disagree on this one. Yeah, like yeah, it's 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 mid pack. I mean, for me. I, I haven't seen all like the. Uh, I haven't seen every Hitchcock. Obviously, I haven't seen uh, his early British films. I'm still going through. I have a lot to go through. But out of the ones I have seen, like the 15 or so films I have seen, this is the bottom. And I th- for me. I think this out is- of actually the movies you've seen, other than Spellbound, this would be and Spellbound's like very close in where I would rank them. Yeah. Um, and yeah, everything else you've seen is almost classic. Yeah, I mean, maybe that. I think that's a problem. I mean, when you watch the fifteen best films, and then you go to something like this, it's like so similar, but it's like lesser in every way. I just feel like, well, I would rather just watch one of those movies, you know, than than throw on this one. But yeah, I think again, the, and the biggest thing to me is like the lead. Like all those other films have way, you know, they have a Cary Grant or a Jimmy Stewart, and it's like. Then you get this guy who is just so fucking bland and uninteresting, and like I just don't care about him or what happens to him. And and to me, like this type of film where it's like you want to see the the person get prove, prove their innocence and find all the clues and and whatever on this big adventure. Like if you don't care about the character, it's hard to really yeah. Be I can I can see that. For me, he's he's definitely like now Hitch- Hitchcock clearly likes him enough to uh, hire him again lead. for Dial M, uh, but. Not in not in the same role. Like he's he's a guy that definitely doesn't have that same charisma. Even though he's he's always very likable in the movie, and he's not. Uh, I, I don't think in any way dickish. Yeah, or, or he's just a little bland. But everything around it for me is is it works. It works. So, anyways, I watched that um, the week awesome. the week we are watching Rope. Um, so I, I watched two movies. Uh, one of them, speaking of racist <laughs> humor. Murder by Death from 1976. Oh yeah, I've heard about this. This is kind. Of, it's kind of I like it's kind of Clue, but from the 70s. It's uh, this kind of rich recluse played by uh, Truman Capote invites to dinner the world's most famous detectives to his mansion, and it's kind of like for the time. It's like technically technologically advanced. I can't talk today, but the mansion itself is almost like a puzzle. Like the rooms turn and you go inside this door and now it's like a completely different room. And there's, there's all these fun gags and it's a great set. And, um, it's kind of a parody. Like every, every actor is playing pretty much a famous detective. Like you have, um, the, the famous Agatha Christie detectives in there, uh, Perot and Miss Maple. Peter Falk is pretty much in there. He's in there pretty much being Columbo. You have uh, who else? Oh, there's like the, a couple that's kind of like the, the detectives from the Thin Man movies. Apparently, there was a deleted scene. Sherlock Holmes was supposed to make a cameo, but <laughs> he didn't. And then Peter Sellers is where it, you know people may have trouble watching it now. He's playing an Asian Sidney Wang, uh-huh. who's pretty much a parody of Charlie Chan, yeah. mind you. All those films were mostly. I think they started out as an Asian actor, and they they didn't do well. So then they cast like a Swedish actor or an English actor or something, and then they became huge success. So pretty much those films have always been, you know, a white guy playing mm-hmm. an Asian. I mean, this one though is totally playing up the stereotype. <laughs> like he's got the the teeth, the, the, the kind of the buck teeth, the stereotype that they did a lot in the seventies, yeah. I guess. And well, like, who is that uh, guy? Breakfast Tiffany's uh, Mickey Mickey yeah, Rooney. It's yeah. It, yeah, it's almost on that level. Like he even comes out like in the whole. Asian uh, garb or yeah. whatever, um, but his name, yeah, Sydney Wang, and he's got an adoptive son, Willie. Um, 
but Willie Wang. Other than that, oh, and uh, Alec Guinness is a blind butler. He's fucking great. I I love this film. I had such a blast with it. Uh, it. It's like I was laughing. I just even if you took out the comedy, I think it's just such a fun idea of having the best detectives. Mm. And yeah, this rich guy is is here to. I guess he's going to create a murder and to see who's the best detective. He wants to prove that he's a better detective than all of them. He is the world's greatest mm. detective. But it's just so fun. Like, it's got a great setting and the jokes actually surprisingly work. Sometimes you watch some of these old 70s comedies and some, you know, the, the jokes are dated and they don't always work. But I thought this was hilarious. Like, I'd, I'd say it's as good as Clue. Um, it would definitely make a great double feature. Um, yeah, I, I'm kind of in between a seven and a half and an eight. Um, well, I'll, I'll, maybe, I'll maybe go seven and a half, but I, I just had such, oh, and there's like a deaf mute cook uh, in there. And there's a lot of great gags uh, interplay between her, her and her, Alec Guinness, who's the, the blind butler. But Alec Guinness, I didn't even recognize it was him, but he's like hilarious. Like this felt like, it kind of reminded me of like like a Mel Brooks film, but I, I might have enjoyed this more like than Young Frankenstein. I think I, I laughed more in this and I enjoyed it. More, but I, I totally recommend Murder by Death if you haven't seen it. Uh, yeah, I haven't checked it Shell out. Factory just put it out um, on a, a nice Blu-ray. And then I, I finished off with, um, again, I've been on this noir kick, uh, Devil in a Blue Dress from 1995. Have you guys seen this Denzel? One? Denzel, right? Yeah, yeah Denzel Washington's yeah. in there. Um, uh, Jessica Beals is the woman he's trying to find. Don Cheeto is his buddy, his uh, old-time mm-hmm. friend that comes to help him. He's kind of like the troublemaker. I think last time he ended up helping him. Is his he, name Ice Pick, or is that what it, uh, is that what is the that was Fresh Prince? Oh, right. Yeah, okay, right. But uh, <laughs> he's a troublemaker too in that movie. I thought this was like a crossover role. It could be the yeah. I think. Well, I think that this would is, be amazing. They somehow tie in Fresh Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> I think this is like in the late '40s, so probably a different time. But yeah, he is kind of the same character. Like last time, he helped him. He ended up, you know, helping him get rid of a body, kind of thing. But yeah, the story is Denzel Washington's uh, looking for work. Uh, I believe he was in the the army or something, and he you see him get fired from his job for whatever reason because they're racist there. But uh, the bartender hooks him up with Tom uh, Sizemore, who is a detective as well, and he says, you know, I'll hire you on. I'm trying to find this woman. I need you, though, because she hangs out at, like, all the black uh, jazz clubs and stuff mm-hmm. that I can't get into. I guess she has a, a thing for black guys, um, this this woman. And you, you also find that she's connected to a mayor who had, has recently dropped out of the race, and she went missing. So everyone is kind of after her. This other mayor is trying to find her as well. So it's this big murder kind of mystery noir thing. Um, I, I quite enjoyed this. Um, I guess it's a neo-noir, not a yeah, noir. Yeah, neo, neo-noir, yeah. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Like, Tom Sizemore is kind of scary as the, the just the really that dirty. That play powerful really yeah, well. Yeah, he's, he's a great, like, dirty. He's great at playing that dirty yeah. <laughs> character that you think is going to be a good guy at the beginning and always turns out bad. Um, Don Cheadle is really incredible. I think, did he get an Oscar nomination? Or this is one of his early roles where everyone was like, wow, who's this Don Cheadle mm. This would have been probably just before Boogie Nights. Yeah, I, I think this is like this. I he, think this he definitely got an Oscar for was... Iron Man, too, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> and he, he's, he's got the Emmy for his guest turn as Ice Pick. Yeah, yeah, he got the Emmy. Uh... So he's, uh, he's getting close to... Uh, uh, EGOT. Um, he just needs a Tony somehow. Uh, you guys and your precious. Oh, he prints. has a Tony Stark, so he can. <laughs> yeah, that counts. Um, but yeah, anyways, uh, I, I don't want to say too much because a lot of these noirs, it's all about the, the mystery. But yeah, it's really, really good. I, I recommend this one as well. 
Um, I'm going to probably go seven out of 10. I had some, like, I thought at points it maybe dragged. But yeah, overall, it's, I recommend it. Again, like, John Cheadle kind of steals the show. But Denzel Washington, he's an actor I always like. Mm -hmm. I can't. I can't think of ever watching Denzel Washington movie and been disappointed. Like usually, he had a great run in like the mid nineties. Yeah, even he? a bad Denzel Washington yeah. film, it's like yeah, it was okay. He was yeah. good in it, kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I recommend uh, that one as well. I get this one, and what was one we plays the uh, uh, trumpet player, Mo, Mo Mo Blues, Mo Better Blues. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and then he did Fallen, which I they're all kind of the same movie to me. That's the thing too. Like this yeah. this movie, like a lot of uh, Noirs, it kind of goes off. Like you find. This woman is a part of it, but there's so much more it going opens on. Up doors. And, yeah, which uh, it gets kind of dark. Actually, the one problem I had with it, without spoiling too much, is like there, there's some dark stuff in it, and like I feel like the way the movie ends, it's kind of like they just let some of that slide, and like, oh well, we solved this plot, so we'll let this character get away with that. And I kind of was like, really, like that's. Yeah, I kind of had a problem with that, but um, yeah. Other than that, uh, you're for, you're for justice. Yeah. Well, again, this is like this is the, one of the darkest things you can get go down. You know, there's like rape, and then there's you know the other the thing that's even worse than than rape is, is what uh, this plot ends up being about partly. So, um, and for that character to get away with it, so I don't, I'm spoiling too much here. Yeah. But well. um, no, yeah, it's a very cool film. Uh, awesome. Anything else you guys watched or? I watched Dark Waters from last year. This was uh, the Todd Haynes movie from 2019. Oh, that's okay. like the uh, procedural, isn't it? It's with uh, Mark Ruffalo. It's based on mm. a true story about the makers of Teflon who basically just were poisoning a whole community for 50 years. Yeah. And every, no one was the wiser, and they, they hit it so well because – a lot of what had to be told to the government, whatever the agency is, that mm, EPA or whatever it is, yeah, um, they could self-regulate a lot of these chemicals uh, if they weren't listed. Oh, in, you know, so yeah. if they said, "Oh, we don't have any facts that shows this this is harmful," they could just let it go. And what's is, is that? Is this the same as the Flint, Michigan? No, this isn't Flint. Okay, because that, that they still have like poison water. Yeah. There, so fucked up. <laughs> this it, this gets first comes up in the '90s at some point. A farmer has lost all of his cows, like 240 to crazy disease, and he's kept up all, all like organs and stuff to show what's what's going on. And they've all died from cancer or these other horrendous things. And they've been drinking this creek water forever. Yeah. And his brother sold the l- land next door to this uh, – I wish I could remember the company. But but anyways, big, big, big company. And uh, at first, it's the lawyer who works for these uh, multi-national you know, mm-hmm. companies to defend them usually from du- these du- sort of – DuPont? Is that the- DuPont, yes. Mm-hmm. So DuPont is the one client they don't have, but they're friendly. They're all friendly with it. Yeah. So he goes in and says, well, I know these guys. They, they wouldn't be doing something this terrible. I'll figure out what's going on. We'll, what's up? We'll get to the bottom of it. And he just starts finding more and more corruption. Oh, the water gets blacker and blacker kind of deal? And or darker and darker? Darker and darker, yeah. And it's um extremely powerful story and for the most part, I think, is done in a way that doesn't give like the, you know, the triumph like, he, yeah. he he gets some resolution, but not completely. It's not Aaron Brockovich, is what you're saying. Um, it, it definitely it doesn't have the, those moments. N- yeah. Not that I have any problems with Aaron Brockovich <laughs> either, but compared to something like The the Post or Spotlight mm-hmm. or a few of these other movies, which I think are, are well-made, this one had a little bit extra 
mustard on on the gun or something. Awesome. Uh, Mark Ruffalo is great in it. The only thing I is kinda, mustard on the gun a good thing or a bad thing? That's that's, that's a good <laughs> yeah. thing. I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's my new saying. Mustard on a gun. I, I, I absolutely love it. You've been watching a lot of neo noirs, so that's probably like one of the terms. Like, ah, oh, Jake walks in with a little bit of extra mustard on her gun. You know um, the only thing is that uh, Anne Hathaway does have to play the nagging wife role after, mm. like, for the most part, just giving her kind of stuff that fits in character. But you're going, mm. wow, they're going to have to give her more of a part, and the part she gets kind of sucks. And it was yeah. kind of like. I think I said this in my letterbox review. Like, Anne, you probably got this movie financed by coming in here. Like, you could, should should get a better role written yeah. for you if this is going to happen. Be like one of them high powered lawyers coming in. Um, but I'm going to give it eight. Uh, that good, eh? It, cool. Better than Spotlight, or like better than Spotlight? I really like Spotlight. Yeah, like, I like Spotlight. Yeah, a lot. Spotlight. Spotlight's one of those movies. Like, I don't know if it's an amazingly made film but by mm. the time that ended like man that just makes you like fucking angry yeah. and, like reading up on everything like spotlight is like it's more the story is so fucking yeah. shocking and just this is this is all I assume it's probably the same, also right? in this in and for him to accomplish anything this lawyer is remarkable but it's heartbreaking too because he doesn't it doesn't come easy and the loss for him and for the people that this has affected and that this shit is still kind of going on with these like DuPont is like Teflon is still a thing, right? That's crazy. Matt, you don't, you feel mad wearing your Teflon suit over there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but that's all I, I I get to watch. I don't like things sticking on me. (laughs) (laughs) That's what Teflon is, right? Like the, uh, anti-stick stuff. Yeah. That they put on, uh, what what are you eating over there? Energy bar. (laughs) (laughs) Tired. My brain's not working. As you can tell. Did you bring enough energy bars for all of us to eat, or just no, you? Sorry, okay. I don't even know where this came from. This is like a one-off. Like I think. <laughs> did she did got you it from find her dad. that in the backseat of my car? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> I think Becky got it from her dad. It was just there. That was at Randy River. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe when you guys left it there during a recording yeah, exactly. or something. <laughs> um, cool. Should we get right yeah. right into the the, the meat rope? of the Hitchcock? Okay. Well, I guess let's uh, move on to the reason why we're here. Uh, here's the trailer for Rope from 1948. I do want to. I just think we ought to wait till after you graduate. I don't. It's only a month. Janet, a month. Please. Sorry. I personally consider us engaged as of now. Congratulations. David, no. Look, you can say yes in a taxi. I have a 2.30 appointment I'm staying right here. Oh, afraid you'll say yes? I'll see you tonight at Brandon's Park. Okay. You can say yes, sir, just as well as in a taxi. Goodbye, darling. Bye. That's the last time she ever saw him alive. And that's the last time you'll ever see him alive. What happened to David Kentley changed my life completely and the lives of seven others. Janet Walker, Henry Kentley, the boy's father, his aunt, Mrs. Atwater, his best friend, Kenneth Lawrence, a housekeeper named Mrs. Wilson, and the two who were responsible for everything, Brandon Shaw and Philip Morgan.
mouse, cat and mouse. Hello. Hello, which is the cat and which is the mouse? It's enough of that. Two men attempt to prove they committed the perfect crime by hosting a dinner party after strangling their former classmate to death. Yes, we're talking about rope boys. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird that it was originally supposed to be called Two Men, One Rope. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I would watch that. Oh, don't worry. That movie exists, too. <laughs> it's it's quite good as well. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's talk rope. What do you guys... <laughs> <laughs> do your thing now. I want to eat. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, I didn't even know how to uh, start with this. There's two guys who are clearly in a relationship that they never really define, but it's clear that they... One guy kind of uh, has power over there, the there's, other. There's a, a power weird, dynamic like, between uh, them, yeah. Like an, I want to say an S and M way, but one guy is definitely like a subversive to his like dominant side, right? Well, there's definitely like a, a homoeroticism yeah. throughout the film, and I, I guess like the well, both of those actors, I believe, were gay. Yeah, Farley and Granger the, and John Dahl. And the writer was yeah. gay. Oh, okay. And in the, the stage play that this story was based on, those characters were gay, and I think even Jimmy, Jimmy St- Stewart's role is supposed to be gay. had an affair oh, okay. with one of them. But in the in the movie, they kind of like I, I guess that hurt this the movie quite a bit. I was reading like it wasn't really a huge box office success, and they blamed that that was part of it because a lot of states were actually banning it. That's weird because um, like it's pretty it's pretty subtle. Yeah, it's tongue in cheek. Like it doesn't really say anything, but you can definitely tell there's something up with these two guys. Well, right? I was reading and like there's signs though that they're not like the one yeah. guy had a relationship with previously the girl. with the woman, which. Yeah, I know you could yeah. swing both ways, but the other thing is they do have two wait, separate wait, beds. Did, did he? They have two. They're of their own beds. They weren't uh, sharing I know the, the same the, room. The, um, spoilers. The uh, the guy who was murdered. Well, spoilers, he got murdered right at the beginning. You didn't even see him. He dies at the beginning. But the guy who died, he had a relationship with the girl. But did that sociopath so as well? Or so no? th- there is three uh, characters. Yeah, they're supposed to be ha- having some sort of relationship with the the female lead. Uh, okay. I guess. Which she's she's not really like it's it's definitely she's a side character I would say mm-hmm. for yeah. the most part it's definitely like the three triangles. she's mainly a plot device to keep mm-hmm. I think things kind of rolling well in that's what I mean I I love the film this is my second time viewing it the first mm-hmm. time I saw it I loved it and I still really did enjoy it but it was like like maybe number two for me and I right. did feel this time I, I still again I still loved it and we'll get into it mm-hmm. but I did kind of notice like. A lot of the characters aren't that interesting. Like Jimmy Stewart is great. The yeah. two two uh, men that do the the murder are great. But like a lot of the other characters, and I, oh, and the um, the, the father, the maid, yeah, the maid, oh, the maid is yeah, pretty the maid's awesome. Amazing. She's, she's amazing. Yeah. But Who then, supposedly they treated like a maid. Yeah, on the set. That. Oh, terrible. on the set. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. And I looked up too what else she did, and a lot of her roles were maids to uh, other films. But um, maybe she was. Maybe that was her thing. I know. Maybe that's I how they found even her. Even like the father in this, like he played it so well. See, I don't know. Like, I, no, I, I like his, his good, speech. I, I yeah. quite like as well. Yeah, there's yeah. an understanding of like anger and like just thinking about him being there. Because I almost feel in that scene, 
He's kind of worried about his son. He doesn't know anything for sure, but he, he's definitely like kind of and worried a little and bit. And everyone's they're almost making it like yeah. the the two yeah. are on purposely making light, light of, of humanity. It. And Jimmy Stewart's character, which he's also kind of playing it up for jokes, but yeah. not playing up for jokes. I actually think there's a couple moments that I don't quite buy Jimmy Stewart in this, and, and that's mm. one of them. And and the end speech is the other. Yeah, uh, where, where he has to play that kind of philosophical side yeah he didn't really uh hit that did he no See, i don't know I, he feels like uns- those moments both of those moments. i feel like he's uncertain in those moments mm-hmm. that the, that and his limp his limp isn't <laughs> so convincing either i didn't even notice the limp yeah he, they mention it <laughs> yeah. oh. they, they're like oh yeah where'd you get that under the war and, and it's like huh. is he <laughs> limping. limping anymore like you can kind of see sometimes he slows down okay <laughs> Yeah, it it does feel like a weird role for for Jimmy Stewart. I almost feel like he was even he still seems a bit too uh, young to be playing this role too, right? Like him and the uh, maid were having an affair or something like that. Or am oh, I what, wrong in this? No, or like, well, so I thought he was joking about that, but then I yeah. did. I thought I did read though that like it's supposed but the to maid be was they... like trying to get some right. Like she was kind of yeah. well. I think she was just like kind of like mm. you know she looks up like was yeah. kind of maybe like how like your mom flirts lover. with me, Maddie. You know, oh, they, right, right, right. You know right, the older right. women. Yeah, they that get makes sense. I, I I think Jimmy Stewart's uh, captivating in this, and mm. and because he's Jimmy Stewart, yeah. And, uh, but I don't necessarily think he's perfect for, right for the role. role. But yeah, I, I agree, and I, and I uh, everything I've seen Jimmy Stewart and I love, and I still love him in this. But I almost think Cary Grant, if, who they almost cast in this, yeah, might, might have been, been a bit better. Yeah, yeah. he mm. he just has that. Uh, there's an ambiguity, sexual ambiguity that would have yeah. worked with Cary Grant, mm-hmm. and also I think he could have played. The m- more I don't give a fuck about humanity aspects yeah. of it, and then also the the coming I around care about mm-hmm. humanity. Um, you're still getting a very dedicated performance, I think, because of how it was shot, which mm. we haven't even mentioned. This is oh yeah, yeah. So the the film is is shot. It, it's meant to look like it's all filmed in one take. Um, obviously, I guess. The, the camera or magazine only allowed them to shoot 10 minutes at a time, so it's broken Maximum, up into 10-minute yeah. segments. You notice when it kind of Yeah, they're, they're, not, they're yeah. not that... They're, they hide them behind the back, yeah. usually go going into a suit jacket, yeah. and then yeah. the suit jacket, oh, he moved. Yeah. Uh, I will say the first time I watched this film, I was really paying attention to all that and like really taken in, and this time yeah. like I f- totally forgot all about that. I was just kind yeah, of like into too. the you're plot. Yeah, me too. You're kind of in it. Like, you weren't really like uh, taken back. The first time, it's, it's a gimmick, right? Yeah. Essentially is what it is. But Which like, almost makes you wonder, like, does, did yeah. it even need to have? Did you yeah. even need to have it? Because once you get into the plot, I mean, you're not really paying attention about that. Uh, but. I, I think he regretted it shooting it this way to try to mm-hmm. film a stage play and he did two back to back under Capricorn which I watched for the first time last year and has his issues too but I think they're more artful those shots where a lot mm-hmm. of time you can tell they're moving around this giant Technicolor camera that's yeah. massive which this was his first color first Technicolor yeah. oh this is his first color yeah oh. And and they had to reshoot because the original uh, cinematographer couldn't get the colors right because he wasn't used to shooting this way. Oh. So there's a lot of technical issues. Isn't there something too? I don't know if it's true where like they ran over the guy's foot so they like grabbed him and gagged him t- t- so they wouldn't get the note. I don't noise. know if I've heard that one. But. <laughs> and, yeah, apparently like someone like I guess they ran over his foot or something, but they would grab. Him. And then there's another scene where someone drops a cup, but they miss the table and someone had to, like jump and grab it. I, I have heard about the cup one. Yeah. And they ended up having to do a bunch of things with sound because mm-hmm. uh, they realized, like, even on these rubber casters that everything's getting moved around, yeah. them lifting stuff, that was uh, 
an issue. I do think, though, I wonder if that also helped because, again, being based on a stage play, it definitely has that stage play where it's like one set, um, mm. which is I didn't even notice when we picked this. I don't know. Maybe, did you guys plan this? That the, when we the next in the next episode, we're going to talk about Rio Rindo that also, for the most part, yeah. takes place on one set. Yeah. But uh, we'll th- talk about that. Th- next this week. film, I do think. Uh, like, I, I just loved how it's just such a simple concept. You throw in, like, there's, what, seven mm. people in pretty much a Yeah, so basically it's, it's this chest in the middle of the room where they've kept yeah. the body, and it's mm. in the middle of the room, and, and the tension is all built, which I think is super effective, Yeah, okay. about are they going to find the chest? And there's a great scene that is in this long one take, and, and part of me wishes, like, I wish this was just, like, this is where he saved the one take yeah. for was this middle section where she's removing oh, yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. books as they're talking. It just her in the background. Because yeah. the books have been taken out it's not even, of the chest and she's yeah. going to put them back in. It's not even like a center focus. It's just like in the like back left corner and these guys are just having this great conversation and you're like, you clock it. It's like, oh shit, she's about to put these books away. Yeah, it's, it's a classic so Hitchcock scene. It, it's incredible. Mm. Yeah, I guess we, we, should, we should mention, so you have Jimmy Stewart as their former teacher who they invite to this party. You have John Dahl and Farley Granger are the two two guys that uh, mm. kill their classmate. And they're doing this, I guess, to prove that they're like a supreme... Yeah, superhuman. It's, it's like an issues thing. And also to prove... That almost like It's almost like a game for them to be like the perfect well, murder and see if they can get away with it. The one guy is a complete it. sociopath. Like, complete sociopath. Like, he is just having a ton of fun with this. And the other guy, like the minute it happens, you can tell he just feels it was a It was a fun terrible. thing to conceptualize. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's based off uh, a murder that happened with yeah. Leopold and Loeb in the 1920s. And by this point, that I guess it'd be kind of forgotten. And I think that was like an, an eighteen and nineteen year old that murdered like a fourteen year old or something. Yeah, yeah. They, Which is fucked just up. Just to see if they can get away with it, kind of deal. Yeah, they just, like they, they, they thought they were the superior to him. Oh, yeah, that's murder. crazy. Is that that's why they killed him? I guess who's the guy in the uh, case? John. I forget the cast David. Name. David. They just killed him because like he was just but deserved it, to die. He was. Do, do you also think they chose him because he is now dating his ex lover? Or do you no, think I don't think he cares about no. that. They, they, you just think they picked someone because so also in the, this party we have his ex lover, mm-hmm. um, who was dating the, the the man that's murdered. Uh, that's Joan Chandler plays Janet Walker, and then we have they also invite another one of her ex boyfriends, Douglas Dick, who plays Kenneth. Uh, Lawrence to kind of um, add some drama, I guess, to the to the fun. Yeah, for, to their fun. And then we also, and then we have um, the, the the father. Father, and I guess it was supposed to be his mother, but, but she was this sex, aunt, so the, and aunt. the aunt comes Which, in. I, how did you guys? Because I usually love the older characters in, in Hitchcock, yeah. and I love the maid. I don't know if I love the aunt character. Yeah, the I aunt was a her, bit I, I found her kind of a little bit annoying. I didn't yeah. find her that funny, which I usually do. I love the scene where they're talking about the movies where like, she's in. Oh, it. the uh, something something. Yeah, the, the something something. something. Yeah, I, yeah, I did like, like that where they kept that. And Jimmy Stewart kind of like makes fun of her. Yeah. Okay, I got a question. Were they busting Hitchcock's balls during this scene? Well, the, he's referencing. Uh, they reference two things. They the referencing "It's a Wonderful Life," which Jimmy Stewart just acted in, and they're referencing "Notorious," which we has just come out, yeah. which we talked about on last week up. Because they did like Ingrid Berman and uh, who yeah. else was in that? Cary um, Grant. Yeah. So you have the father and then you have the aunt and then you have the maid there and yeah, that's it. I don't find anybody's like, I, I don't know, everyone's fine in this, but I also don't find their, like I don't really care about the love triangle that, that is created. I don't think you really need to in a weird way. It just, like, it actually takes up a bunch more of the like time, time than... Well, what I realize. find like the movie we're going to talk about next episode, 
kind of does a similar thing, but I think that does it so much better. And that in that movie, you also have a group of characters. But I think in that movie, like all the characters are so fascinating. Whereas this one, mm-hmm. I found like they're there, like you said, for the plot and important to the plot. But none of them are that they're plot- memorable, interesting yeah. necessarily. Other than I think, yeah, the 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 two killer, mainly the one killer. He's just mm-hmm. yeah, John Dahl. I think is a, a, a exceptionalist. I actually yeah. don't really like Farley Granger in this uh, uh-huh. that he, much. He's a bit hammy, right? Yeah, I, I don't. I I I think uh, he's a little over the top. Yeah, he's a little over the top. I and I think. You can tell he's the one, maybe most. Did yeah, we, I'm not. A, did we just run out of magazine? Like, <laughs> just like in rope, we had to make a quick like edit into the uh, suit jacket. I, I do think Farley Gr- Granger in this is it's just a little bit uncertain, and he seems to fall apart to me at least a lot of time in the long takes. And yeah, Far- Farley Granger people will Hitchcock fans will know him from Strangers on, on Train, train. Yeah. which I was kind of looking through his filmography. He like in the seventies went on this like Jallo kick. He did a bunch oh, yeah? of Jallos like um, Amok and So Sweet So Dead. And he's in the Prowler, this eighty slasher. Who is he in the Prowler? He's the sheriff. Oh shit! Yeah, that's so weird. That is really weird, actually. <laughs> it's so weird when you watch those movies that you grew mm. up with, and now you watch this and this like big actors and yeah. those slasher films. So, um, anyway, yeah. So so for me, he's he's kind of a, mm. a little bit of a weak. Link as well. I didn't buy his anger either. No. Like he has like these moments of like eruption anger. Like then he's like, "Well, I'm just gonna play the piano instead." Yeah. And even like him, like Jimmy Stewart going back and forth, I didn't really get his fear. So I kind of liked his character because I thought yeah. he was the kind of guy that was trying to be. I like his character. Yeah. I just don't think I like the performance. Yeah, I, I liked it. Like I thought he was mm-hmm. good at trying to. He's trying to like prove almost to his buddy that you know he can handle this, but he's totally out of he his cannot. element. Yeah. And I think like he kind of, I thought he played that kind of well. That like, it just seemed like he was totally out of his. I like the mind. idea of getting, you know, he's getting drunker mm-hmm. and drunker and mm-hmm. falling apart more and more. Um, I do like how the whole set because it's it's supposed to take place. I think it's an now it's real just, time, but it's like it's a little bit off, right? Yeah, it's a little bit faster than real real time, mm-hmm. and I, I think it's really effective how it's the, goes from like dusk till like or like uh, late afternoon, yeah, and into the, dusk, and, and into as like the, the red light starts glowing from the sign in the background, the, the Hitchcock cool. in yeah. the background, yeah, yeah, it's all fantastic because it's mm-hmm. all in one set. They have a fake background outside the window, and that changes, and it's all like it's so well done. Mm. I was I was mentioning before, but I just think it's this film is so simple. You're going to throw seven people, seven people, right? Is it roughly? Yeah, seven people, pretty much. In this, Are you including the body? Sure. <laughs> and these couple of rooms, and it's like this could be boring. How are you going to keep me interested for an hour and twenty mm-hmm. minutes? And like, I don't know. Like, I'm pretty much engaged. I think like. Maybe before Jimmy Stewart gets there, I, at first I was takes like, takes him about a half. That's the other like, yeah, the yeah. opening section is amazing where they're setting it up. Yeah, but then I find there's whatever the second or third reel. Yeah, yeah. There's a little bit of tap I, dancing. I agree. I, I was thinking. I was like, is this film is not as good as I remembered it? But then like by the time Jimmy Stewart came in, I was like totally in. And like I don't know for that the remaining hour of the film, like I was just totally and- captivated and like. Again, it's just it's just dial witty not witty dialogue, but just dialogue between these characters, and it's just it's so well done that I I don't know I like I still love this film like mm-hmm. and it just it's such a simple concept for for him to make it work I think it's quite impressive. I will say there is some like great ticks that Jimmy Stewart does that he knows he's picking up on like oh, yeah, he yeah. says something kind of yeah. like kind of even just like raises eyebrows slightly like oh he's kind of yeah. clocking that he's a much better bit. at being the detective than the mentor mm-hmm. yeah yeah for sure. 
you don't really buy him as a mentor, do you? Like, I, I don't. I, yeah. yeah, for whatever reason, it does that element with the but guys. That being said, uh, I, I would clock him as like a mentor who kind of slept with some of his students. Do you know what I'm saying? He yeah. kind of has that kind of uh, rapport with these guys, which I maybe. I, I again, like, I think that that's mm-hmm. the element that they wanted to play up. Yeah. But, they couldn't. The quite. writer was like, "I don't yeah. think Jimmy Stewart ever yeah. would have even r- thought of that subtext. Yeah. Like that just wasn't who he was as a mm-hmm. person." And did we already mention like Jimmy Stewart? This is his least favorite film he's done. He didn't like this. I didn't know that. Yeah, apparently mm-hmm. he didn't like this film at all. Um, yeah, I think he he thought it was a, a gimmick, and I, I think they all came out of it thinking it was. An Which is weird because we're going to mm-hmm. talk about again next episode the film that he considered is his favorite film that he's he's done it's for kind of Hitchcock films at least. But. Yeah, and and I think I think the gimmick is not the location; it's the no cuts. Yeah, and you're taking sure. away one of. There's two strengths that you don't get as much. One point of view, which he does actually. I noticed he does a better job of that than I. I I thought when I was thinking about the movie before going into it, he does try to angle the camera so you're still in people's point of view, mm. but th- there's limitations when you're doing a stage play. And the other element is montage. He's incredible. It's stitching together edits, and there's no edits in the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like he's kind of playing with one arm tied behind his back and mm. still, I agree, comes up with something very very captivating. Like I, I also am, am fairly locked, but... There's a big part of me that goes, they didn't need to do this. The one take is is a gimmick, yeah. and I think it's a better movie potentially if if it's not done that way. Mm-hmm. Now, did you guys have you heard that? Uh, I guess the writer, and I, I don't know if this is how the stage play goes, but he wanted. Uh, I guess Hitchcock told him, assured him that um, the opening murder you weren't going to see. So the whole time you're questioning whether these guys actually did do a murder. Uh-huh. Is there actually a body in the thing? Do you think that would have worked, helped the film, or do you think it would have hurt the film? I, you, I think, think it would have hurt the film, yeah. Do you think it works better knowing that there's a body in the, in the middle so, the whole time? Yeah. Or? I think It adds a lot of tension to I think it in terms of them doing the gimmick this way, mm-hmm. I, I do think that maybe helps because... Mm-hmm. It also kind of adds like a darkness to the film when you think about like this father, his, his, exactly his girlfriend it. is there having this party while they're the dead body yeah. is right in the middle they're eating off the table like when you that's re- such a hitchcock moment yeah. it's one of those eating things off the table. it's one of those things like i think the first time i watched it i didn't notice that darkness and this time it really hit me right from the opening that this young teenager who has his whole life ahead of him mm-hmm. is getting murdered and then not only that but they're going to use his body almost as like a test to prove they're they're pretty superior exactly it's just and it's, it's and then on top of it, invite like his family like that's it's really, really fucked up when you when you actually stop and think it, about what is happening in it. What a weird party. Even if like uh, it wasn't him, like oh, it's ooh, off the ooh, whole time. Man. What situation would I have like uh, not my parents there, but your parents and like <laughs> Tammy and like uh, one of your ex girlfriends there? Like it just seems like a and weird. And I'm just and they're just waiting for me. Yeah, it seems such a weird like. I don't, uh, don't get any ideas. Your mom would probably come to whatever party. <laughs> yeah, like but like like what are your parties like? It'd be weird, wouldn't it? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think like, I, I go back and think about this one. And I go, cuts don't mean time has passed. You could do this with cuts. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it is like, again, the first time I watched it though, I, I kind of really enjoyed and appreciated that. I think when you're watching the second time though, and you're getting into the, the story, then it's, you know, it's not necessary. I don't know. I, I love one long one take scenes myself. I know it's not your thing, but. I, I, like I feel like most it time it's been, not. No, uh, there could have been like maybe like 
two or three in this film that would have been like, oh, that is so cool if they didn't have it constantly going. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? You would have appreciated these uh, small these sep- like, more. That long, a long take of, you could have done nine minutes around the mm-hmm. chest and them taking things yeah. off and dialogue, whatever. That would have been, to me, so much more impactful if there was rhythm around yeah. it. Hmm. And I think that's what I noticed, like why that time before Jimmy Stewart gets there is a little bit off to me because you're just kind of waiting like when is like okay well, Jimmy Stewart's got to be here because the next two elements yeah I don't know they're, they're not as engaging I don't I don't really care about any, anything else now they've set up the murder let's go yeah, yeah I do feel like there is some uh, maybe 10 minutes drags before he gets there and they kind of set it up people come to the party and, and maybe that's maybe that's what you were talking about mm-hmm. basically the people that are coming to the party are not yeah like jimmy jimmy stewart kind of steals the show and until he gets there you're dealing with just you know the other people interacting it's not as interesting like the the ex-boyfriend like he he is is bland as anything right like does he bring anything to this party they have no it doesn't really have much to do in Mm. my opinion and i almost feel like it turns into like some like b-movie melodrama when that guy's around Mm -hmm. yeah with the dialogue it's so weird yeah I almost feel like we're all. <laughs> it just feels like the way we're talking about this film, we didn't like it. But I, yeah, no, I, I, I still yeah, like yeah, a lot yeah, of elements yeah. uh, about this. I, I think every time I watch this more and more, and I, I've because the first time I watched it was the best time I also watched. It's still like again for the out of the fifteen I've seen, it's still like top tier. It's still in the top. I don't know what my order is, but it's still really yeah. up there for me. Yeah. It's still one of my favorites that I of his films. So. I think this is like. So what would you guys give yeah. this? Is a question I'm wondering. Like, right? I'm gonna go eight point five. Ooh. Oh wow! Yeah, I, I I could have almost went maybe. I like I love this film. Yeah, again, it's would seen, you go higher? It sounded like I didn't, but like I was from the scene from the minute Jimmy Stewart's in. Like I I, in, I agree. Right? Maybe he is a, a little bit miscast, but I mm. I just love him in this. I love like you said as we watch him constantly putting everything together and you know it's like inside of his head he's getting it all he's trying to like there's strange shit going on here yeah. what's going on and, and you see him figuring out uh, I don't know I love all that That that's uh, my um, favorite favorite elements of the movie and, well. I, and I love the swarmy the, at least the one guy guy that's murdered like he's just such a you know that rich asshole swarmy guy that yeah. thinks he's better than everyone mm-hmm. um, and then the maid is there for the comedy relief and I, and, and I enjoyed a lot of her and, and she's just a fun character even like yeah. even when she's not being funny just her interplay with her and Jimmy Stewart like I just I liked her character, um, but yeah, I, I think everyone else I could give her, you know, leave her, leave her, uh, leave her take, um, <laughs> t- take her leave. But um, no wait, yeah, take her leave, right? Yeah, <laughs> take her leave. Um, but yeah, no, I I just I I think uh, it just this thing works for me, and I'm like sucked in the whole time. And even though I know how it's gonna end, I was like, oh man, are they gonna find the like? It still worked for me. I still had that tense it's the whole time. I don't know. Yeah. I, I like this movie a lot. There is something that just doesn't connect the second time I've watched it. That being said, I'm giving a 7.5. Like, I really like this movie. But there, I, I'm I, curious. I, I may have started the first time I watched this at maybe work. Uh, maybe I was a little bit. Like, I would have been between an 8 and an 8.5. And it's not mm-hmm. like I go down. Like, I'm going to also give it a 7.5. Okay. And I don't, it's not like I go down, but. Every time I watch it, it's like, yeah, I like this, but I don't know. The things I don't like about it like are more apparent now, yeah. and 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 it, it it kind of ends up being in. It's still like 
I don't know, top 15 for me, yeah. Hitchcock, but it's near the bottom of that 15, I would I would say. Okay, yeah, it's definitely um, up on the, the top side for me. I think it's like the, the plotting is like, it's easily rewatchable because it's an hour and 20 minutes. So that's the thing. Yeah. Like, that's why I've probably seen it five or six times. I was talking to Kyle. Like, I really enjoyed this being an hour and 20 minutes because I could kind of just blow through it and not like have to split it up into two days, which I kind of liked. I don't know how you guys can do that split it up <laughs> thing. Yeah, I got no choice these days, man. <laughs> have kids and then you'll find out. <laughs> Everyone says it and then they have kids yeah. and then they're like, yeah, I know what you mean now, man. <laughs> I had a friend too. He's like, oh, I never would split movies. Now he just recently had a child. Now he's like, Yeah, I'm, it takes me three days. To I think you got to do what the was real. That me? I think, did I say that to you? No, it was a different friend. <laughs> okay. But yeah, probably you too. I think the the real parents just stop watching movies. Yeah, that's probably a smart idea. <laughs> so, well, I'm not. I'm not going to give up that, as you know. Um, I don't know much for trivia. I just wanted to mention though. But as yeah, I already kind of mentioned it. It had a box a budget, sorry, of 1.52 million. It only made like two million domestically and 700 thousand worldwide or something. Like weird. It was considered. I guess it had mixed reviews, and yeah, it was considered actually like a now. Box Jimmy Stewart actually ended up doing okay with this because he took a percentage instead of his normal like okay. main fee. He still got a good. F- fee but he ended up yeah. getting an extra hundred thousand dollars well, i think even hitchcock i think a large part of that budget was his his paycheck as well well this is is this it, the first it must movie have been cheap right like you only had to do it was filmed like i guess he filmed a segment a day and it's like 10 segments total so that means it would have been like a 10-day shoot i, I know he did re, he redid like the last couple segments because he didn't like the lighting but it still was a quick shoot and then the editing was apparently almost non-existent like because they didn't really i think they had to they do had to nine days of, of uh rehearsal though yeah so there was there's definitely more but yeah it would have been it would have been cost effective and i think this is the first movie he makes after he gets out of selznick's hands i'm not too sure because he does the parodying case just before this which is atrocious and he's basically just making it so he can get the fuck away from selznick forever and then he he's his own free agent after this and i would assume though like even if you had nine days of of playing like it's not. It's not the uh, the acting, the paying the people that's that expensive. It's the film and everything going through, right? So yeah. you're, if you're not going through any, you're only going through film for ten days. It's. I, I don't know. I'm. I'm sure. Well, we know it costs only one point five, which I don't know if that was a lot back then, but I assume so. Again, when you when you compare, yeah, what the other films made that we've talked about and what we're going to talk about, it, it's definitely um, not not a good. Film and it for disappeared him. for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I guess this was one of the was it five films or four films? Yeah, there was there was a bunch of movies. Actually, Rear Window was one of them as well. It was Rear, Rear Window, Window Vertigo. Vertigo. A lot of the classics. That uh, man, uh, Trouble with Harry, I think, and the man who um, knew too much. Sorry, which what I, I liked. What happened in these movies? They, they just they lost. just went out of circulation. I think they were all owned by Paramount. I, yeah, I forget what exactly happened. And the, there's something something ended up splitting off, and or, then Hitchcock ended up owning them right yeah and a few of them like rear window supposedly would still have like a lot of uh repertoire uh, what do you call those theaters like art houses yeah basically, okay would be showing that movie a lot and vertigo started picking up steam as well so mm-hmm. those two while they weren't shown in immaculate quality until much much later and, and mm-hmm. really to be honest we've been very fortunate over the last 20 years yeah. after that the restoration of both of those yeah. movies well, it, was it this film that all the um uh the color I guess they lost like all the yellow in the in the film or something. It degraded, and it so it looked like shit for the longest time. I don't that, know. If it was this I think that or... might have been Vertigo. Okay, so uh, yeah, yeah, one of them I was reading because both Ver- Vertigo was a bomb, 
and uh, like that's why he never worked with yeah. Jimmy Stewart again. And and this movie wasn't a bomb, but it wasn't that successful. And Hitchcock saw it. At, I think he's he he thought he had doesn't know what he was trying to prove or he he thought he lost his mind to do these one takes in this movie and under Capricorn. So they he kind of just forgot about them. But do you, do you think that I almost wonder though if it was also like from a marketing point of view. I mean it was probably him trying to challenge himself, but he, I wonder if he thought too selling it as like one take film it might be a well, big marketing thing. I think right? I think that's that was part of and it. And then he, no one cared cared about it I And guess. I th- I, I think he you know, he thought well, look at I can do this incredible thing. No one else could do this thing, and yeah, and, and that'll be part of like this Shtick. first movie he's making after getting away from Selznick. That's a statement, but yeah, no one cared because yeah. that's not cinema. Yeah. And, and and this is a guy that's obsessed with cinema, moving pictures, edits, and yeah. he goes yeah. away from it. Hmm. Cool. Do you guys have anything else or I don't think so. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, was, that's uh, rope. We we uh, we started out a little bit rusty there, but I think we kind of figured it out in the end there. Yeah. Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts on rope. Uh, you can get a hold of us on uh, Facebook. We have a like page and a group page. Just search Movie City Maniacs. You'll find us. You can find us at. Uh, you can email us at uh, moviecitymaniacs at gmail We have a Twitter, which I don't know why we mentioned because <laughs> I don't think it's been touched in a couple years. And an Instagram that we hopefully will get figured out. Um, we're trying to figure that one. Yeah, out. Yeah, Movie City Man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to do something. We're, we're yeah. old people, and we just thought, that, yeah, we got to. Adam knows the, the Instagram. We just got to convince him because he's a busy man. But yeah. uh, <laughs> me and Maddie are totally <laughs> luddites. Is that the right word? <laughs> yeah, like I, I'm sure my son is going to be teaching me all that, all this stuff one day. But yeah, we'd love to hear your thoughts. And have you guys um, heard of this thing called Vine? It's pretty hip, right? No, I don't, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> it doesn't exist anymore. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's like seven, yeah. seven years ago. Yeah. Um, but uh, and 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 catch us on TikTok. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna be hip on TikTok. I don't know what that is either. Oh wow, you don't you've never <laughs> oh, heard of TikTok? I think I have heard of that. That's where like it's like short videos or some. I will never. Yeah, yeah I don't. I don't get it, but. Mm-hmm. I don't get this stuff. I don't, I'm not one of those ADD people that wants a bunch of things quickly. I want like one long thing. I want to read like one. That's long... why you like rope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and why I like. No, it's going to do a masturbation joke there. But uh... anyways, guys, this has been Movie City Maniacs. We'll be back with some more Hitchcock. We're going to end it with some Rear Window. Stay scared. Bye. I was about to make it. Ref- Don't, Maddie. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, is that your penis? <laughs> it looks like a rope. It's just my rope. Well, it's all this cotton mouse, cotton mouse. Why don't you just uh, set the trap there? <laughs>